Last time on Improv Tabletop, our pet heroes, having finally succeeded in getting one of the gifts for their owners, decided they were going to go to the Geek Store because that was where the largest concentration of gifts could be found. When they arrived at the Geek Store, they discovered that it had been invaded by another group of Krampuses who were wrecking the place, stealing toy swords, stealing cash from the register, etc., etc. And as they were about to destroy the octopus squishmallow that Lucky needed to get, for his owner Kenzie, they decided that they were going to confront the Krampuses. And after a big old fight and much shenanigans, they managed to completely incapacitate six of these little Krampuses, whose names are Drampus, Flampus, Grampus, Crimson, Yampus, and Trampus. <laughs> and so now they've got six incapacitated Krampuses. They've got the pillows for Heather, the Christmas octopus for Kenzie, the programmable lights for Evan, the Squirtle with the Santa hat for Christian, and all they need to find left are the Christmas dice for Thomas and the Christmas dinnerware for McKenna, because they did also grab some dragon Pokemon for Heather's kids. And right as we left off, Knot had just asked Flampus why it was that all of these little Krampuses hated Christmas so much and what it would take to make them feel the merriment. And it appears that maybe there is some kind of magical curse going on with these little miniature Krampuses. What's the situation? How are they going to get those last couple presents and maybe instill some Christmas spirit into these Krampuses? Let's find out here in the world of Furry Christmas. What's shaking, everybody? You are listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Heather Brower, being kicked in the ribs. <laughs> uh, Evan Peterson, enjoying the Christmas sun. McKenna Steele just finished her Christmas shopping. Right on, right on. Both of those sound a lot more pleasant than being pregnant. What? Who's pregnant, Evan? <laughs> I also like that I think McKenna just finished her Christmas shopping, but due to podcast magic, it's going to sound like she finished her Christmas shopping three days before Christmas. <laughs> Okay, but also it was kind of a lie because I have a couple things that I need to get still done. I just remembered. You have until the 22nd when this drops to make that statement true. Oh, it will be true. Or I will be having massive panic attacks regardless of my Zoloft medication. <laughs> yeah, if you're not lucky, you might find yourself in a situation like your pets on like midnight of Christmas Eve trying to get presents for your owners. What a wonderful segue. Dude, your segues the last few months have been mint, Ned. Oh, thank you. So you guys have just been in like a little bit of a huddle trying to figure out what's going on with these Krampuses. So I'm just going to let you guys continue that because they're all tied up. They're on the sled that you've made out of pillows and safety pins. So I'll let you guys uh, just kind of figure out what you want to do about these folks. Oh my lands. Not, I really have just been marinating on this idea. It almost seems like for a week. <laughs> and I think you're onto something. Quick, go get something super Christmassy, like a cookie or something the elves can't not love. And let's just shove it in their mouths. Yeah, the four main food. Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <gasps> yeah, the four main food groups. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I'm going to bring back the four main food groups and just kind of set up like a charcuterie board of them on the ground. <laughs> a charcuterie board with candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. and syrup. It's like in a little bowl, like, you know, that you would have creamy goat cheese or whatever. That's where the syrup is. So you can spread it on. All right. So... You go trotting out in search of, like, the food court kind of area, leaving your friends behind. And as you sneak out, I'm going to need you to roll to defend with Clever. Oh, no! no. This is bad! Okay! Listen, I'm not saying it was bad, but what I am saying is it was a plus four. All right. So, as you are sneaking outside, suddenly a sack (gasps) is brought down on top of you. (gasps) It's kind of a mesh sack, like an animal catcher kind of thing. And you see there is one of the mall cops and his eyes are glazed over. And there are the last two of the eight Krampuses on his shoulders, (gasps) one on each shoulder. And they've got like their magic that they're using to mind control this mall cop here. They rolled a flat zero but they used all of their free invokes on warning fragile ornaments to alert the mall cops and bring them over to the trap. The free one on Beware of the Blart to mind control the mall cops over to their side and mom can't say I can't climb these to climb up the trees to get a vantage point so you couldn't see them as they were waiting to capture you. They had the mall cop leap down, scoop you up in this net, and you have been captured by these last two Krampuses. Okay, I'm just, I'm going to start meowing. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, but they're just the pathetic meows again. They're just the ones that are like, meow, meow, meow. And the mall cop goes, Now be quiet, little fella. Okay, don't worry. I'm gonna... And as he's speaking, he's like slurring his speech. There's the spirals in his eyes. And he starts walking off in the opposite direction of the food court with you in this little sack. No, no, no. Okay, I'm gonna try one last thing. Just like trying really hard to like tear apart this bag with my claws. Like when I tear apart my mom's couch, I'm gonna try and tear this apart. All right, roll two, attack the bag with forceful. I'm going to put this at a difficulty of three. I'm going to use a fate point to use my, when people deck the halls, I deck the catnip and take an extra of my catnip and uh, make it a plus four. Plus four. So you are trying to claw your way out of here. And as you are working your way through the threads of the net, you hear the final two Krampuses. They like high five each other over the mall cop's head. And the one's like, man, Shrampus, that was easier than I thought. And the last one's like, yeah, Himbo, we got that. We got that. <laughs> wait, wait, what was the last one's name? Shrampus and Himbo. Those are the last two Krampuses. Yeah, it's on Drampus and Flampus and Grampus and Crimson, on Yampus and Trampus and Shrampus and Himbo. The classic Christmas rhyme that everybody is taught from their childhood. Oh, gosh. And so they are distracted by their joy in having pulled off this wonderful heist. And so it takes you a while to dig your way out, but you manage to slip away without them noticing because they're chatting back and forth. They're like, man, what should we do with this cat? Should we like, I don't know, put it in a stew maybe? (gasps) Oh, I don't know. That seems a little bit harsh. Maybe we just like make it dance for our amusement. And so as they're distracted, trying to figure out what to do with you, you manage to slip your way out and you alight on the floor, quiet as a cat. 
and as they continue going off, you're like, okay, they actually got me pretty far away from my friends before I managed to make it out. And as you start creeping back, you hear a little coming from a room off to the side. The hair along my spine is straight up. I'm going to make my way over there, but very sneakily. And just to see uh, what's going on. Yeah, you peer inside and you see that one of these storefronts that was empty has been kind of co-opted by the Krampuses into a holding pen of some kind. And inside of this holding pen, you see a donkey and six white kangaroos. <gasps> what? Six, the six white boomers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, is there anyone guarding it? No, not at this point, because you've got the six Krampuses all tied up in the geek store and the other two Krampuses who think they still have you. So this is unguarded at the moment. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over there. I'm going to be like, hey. Did they get you guys too? And the donkey says, Tsing, it's saying they got us. <laughs> I can't. Okay, I'll, how do you think I could get you out? Let's see, is, it, uh, is there like a little gate key around here somewhere? The mall cops had the key, Tsing, it's saying. I can, I can see the regret in Ned's eyes. <laughs> you know, Dominic the Donkey was one of my favorite songs when I was a child, but that was when I was a child. Oh, so boy. here we are. Um, okay, let me try something. I'm going to go over and I feel like I've seen this in a movie before. Try and use my claw to like pick the lock. All right, roll to overcome with clever. Okay. It's going to be at a difficulty of four. Um, let me use a fade point to get these guys out of here. I'm going to take my claw out, put it between my gums and get some of that slippery spit slope on it, invoke that stunt, and then put it back in there to try and like get it to loosen up a little bit to make it a plus five. We finally found the purpose of the slippery spit slope stunt. Yeah. It is to lubricate the tumblers of a lock. <laughs> yes. All right. So you get your claws in there and you manage to give it a little click, click, click. And the gate is open, and you now have Dominic the donkey and the six white boomers are no longer trapped in this cage. Okay, if you guys would be so kind as to help me get some snacks from the food court real quick. I just can't carry a whole lot with my little tiny paws. (laughs) And one of the boomers just goes, Crikey, that's one for the books, mate. Let's go right about it. (laughs) Okay. And so we'll head off there real quick and real quiet. All right, so you guys go to get your charcuterie board of the four main Christmas food groups. Let's go back to Lucky and Misty. What have you guys been doing this entire time? Uh, Not too long after she leaves, I'm going to turn to Misty and just say, uh, I'm worried that if these creatures are something more important, the fate of everyone's Christmas could be in our hands or paws or whatever we have. That is definitely more than I signed up for. You're telling me. I just wanted to play with a letter that flew into my house. Fair, but you know, I'm not sure I would have ever said this before now since I didn't really care for you. But if there's anybody who could bear the weight and fate of Christmas, it's you, Lucky. You got this. That's so nice. I know you just said you couldn't bear me, but uh, I've always thought you were probably the greatest friend I've ever had, so... (laughs) I really am. So, I mean, it's true. (laughs) Well then, I mean, I guess you and me and uh, the cat... uh, Cats. 
Well, I suppose if there was any cat, I would have to be doing this with. At least that one can't bite me. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, that's why I kept her around. But don't tell her that. She thinks it's because she's clever. (laughs) Okay, but... But in all seriousness, I don't not like you now. And you know what? I am behind you every step of the way. Well, only if you walk really fast because I'm like not going to slow down for you. I wouldn't expect you to. But you give me a plan after this one that Not's going to try and I will do it without complaining more than 10 minutes. I might just have to take you up on that. Hey, did you hear that? It was like a whisper sound, kind of like... (laughs) No, it must have been in my mind. Unless you heard it, did you? Before you had actually ever even asked, did you hear that? I'm standing on all fours, like ears perked up, just staring off into the distance. Is that a yes? What? Sorry, I heard something. Oh, okay then. What was it? I don't know. It's probably trouble, though. We should go check it out. I'm behind you, as long as you walk fast. <laughs> I'll sprint off. Yeah, Lucky, since noise equals danger, I think that is a compel against you. Uh, you can go ahead and get a fate point for that. Thanks! Oh, yeah! Because it is a compel, though, as well, I'm going to say, as you guys are sprinting off in search of what that noise was, you eventually see the mall cop with the two Krampuses on each shoulder, and you're so focused on that that you completely rush past the offshoot that not went down to find <laughs> Dominic and the six white boomers. Oh no. So, but eventually you're getting close enough to the mall cop that you can kind of hear snippets of the Krampus's conversations back and forth. And one of them's like, well, I think it'd look really cool I'll just on top of the tree. We can put it in like an angel costume and just watch the cat be up there. I think that'd be really amusing, don't you? Oh, oh my gosh. Hearing this, Missy's gonna go like, I guess, ballistic in her mind, but then she calms down for a second and realizes that she's literally carrying like four Krampuses. Six Krampuses, right? I have them all now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, a few more. Um, <laughs> and she's gonna turn to Lucky and be like, do whatever you can to get those guys without being noticed. I believe in you for now. Without being noticed. Ned, you said these guys are up on the security guard's shoulders? Mm-hmm. Oh, without being noticed. That's not really Lucky's style. I'm going to charge <laughs> at the back of the security guard's knees full force. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and roll to attack with forceful. He's going to roll to defend with clever to see if he notices you coming. It's a plus five. Oh, he got a plus four. <gasps> yes! Get lucky! Your dice change did nothing! You know, I appreciate all of our listeners who did end up sending me luck. Uh, apparently it's not enough, so send me more. <laughs> but yeah, so you go rushing in full force, and this mall cop already kind of woozy and not about his wits, being mind-controlled by these Krampuses. As you watch him moving, it's almost as if he's a marionette that's just being pulled along. Like, the way that his feet interact with the ground, he's not, like, fully stepping down. It's, like, on the tips of his toes and on his heels and, like, the sides of his feet as he's just kind of shambling forward. And you get him right in the back of the knees, and that completely interrupts the mind control that the Krampuses have over him. And he slams face down onto the ground, and you hear him snoring. 
and the two Krampuses, Shrampus and Himbo, they go somersaulting horns over hooves and eventually they kind of stop about 10 feet out from you and they get up and look back at you with malice in their eyes. I growl at them. And they look around realizing that Knot has disappeared and Shrampus gives a little growl himself and he turns to Himbo and says, well, maybe this guy will look fun on the tree instead. And they start moving towards you and snapping like they're in West Side Story. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I love that. While Lucky was like diving towards the guard or whatever, Missy is actually going to lay on top of all the Krampuses just so they can't be seen. Oh, to hide them. Okay. So these guys are ready to try and take some action against you, Lucky. So I guess we're going to enter into an exchange here. One on two. Let's go, just me and you. Let's go, just one on two. Shout out to Steven Universe. You know you're just like as you're single. <laughs> so we're going to start with Shrampus and Himbo. They are going to kind of like tag team. Uh, Himbo's going to use the help action for Shrampus, and they do like a synchronized dance move, and Shrampus like puts his hands onto the ground, and Himbo steps into them, and he flips him backward into like a spinning backflip kick to try and bop you on the head with his hooves. So that attack is going to be... That's a minus four on the dice. So I'm going to spend a fate point to re-roll that because you can't get worse than minus four on the dice. You know, Ned, you looked a gift horse in the mouth and you told them, hey, thanks for the luck, but send more. And all their luck just was drained from you immediately. (laughs) It was like, you're ungrateful. That is how the universe works, apparently. Um, So he is going to invoke warning fragile ornaments And as he's up in the air, you realize he's not actually coming to try and hit you. He's spinning up to smack some ornaments off of the trees in your direction. So it's kind of like this machine gun effect of all of these glass bulbs flying at you. So he's going to reroll, bring it up to uh, only a plus two. Am I dodging with anything? Yeah, how would you like to defend against this attack? Uh, With quick, by just trying to run away from the uh, ornaments or kind of duck and weave sort of deal. Yeah, go for it. That's a plus one. Ooh, so yeah, you're ducking and weaving around these ornaments, and one of them just manages to bop you right on the tip of the nose, and so that's going to be one stress against you. Okay. And now it is your turn. What would you like to do? I would like to whimper, get down on the ground, and put my paws over my nose. And kind of whimper as I hold my nose and look over at him with the puppy dog eyes and go, Why are you trying to hurt me? Can't we just be friends? It's Christmas. And I'd like to use my stunt, Never Met a Stranger, to try and turn him into my best friend. Oh my gosh. I feel like there has to be some role at this juncture. So I'll say that you can roll with Forceful to try and do this persuasion against them. Plus three. Plus three. I set the difficulty at a plus four. I figured as much. Um, we don't have as many like boosts or like environmental things as we do usually at this point. We've been too distracted, like you know, animals. It's true. Could I get a plus two for uh, everyone? Should have a shoulder to hug at Christmas, since I'm trying to uh, 
oh, what's the phrase? I'm trying to extend a hand, as it were. Um, Fellowship. The olive branch. An olive branch. Mm. Olive branch. I'm trying to extend an olive branch. All right. That brings it up to a plus five. And the two Krampuses, they like pause in the middle of one of their high steps. So they've got like their shoulders tucked in, their fingers are down. They've just snapped and they've each got like one knee up towards their chests. And they pause in the middle of this movement and they look at each other and you see their eyes start to get bigger and shinier. That same sort of thing that you had seen earlier when Nott was speaking to Flampus. And you can see those symbols beginning to kind of burn red on their foreheads. But with the power of your stunt here, you see those symbols, they get hotter and hotter and brighter and brighter. I'm going to roll a luck check until eventually the light flashes and fizzles out. It's this immense pop, almost as if, like, I'm trying to remember, I think it's the Adventures in Odyssey Christmas special where they overload the Christmas lights and they all start popping one after another, all of the lights just bursting. It's this kind of effect. And after the lights go down and your eyes kind of adjust and recover from all of these intense flashes, you can see two little elves sitting back to back on the floor, clutching their foreheads and shaking their heads, trying to figure out what just happened. And I'm going to run and jump on one of them and start licking his face. I go, huzzah, friends, Ah, friendship. And they both grab you around the neck and they start scratching your ears and whatnot. Oh, I immediately flop over for belly rubs. Oh, I knew you could do it, Lucky. I was 90% sure and you did it. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, Shrampus looks towards you, Lucky, and he's like, that was some powerful Christmas magic you just used there. All of our friends, though, they're still... And they look over towards Misty and see you on top of these sort of writhing lumps underneath you as all of these Krampuses are, you know, starting to get pretty uncomfortable with the weight of a dog on top of them. <laughs> and Shrampus and Himbo look at each other and they're like, we need some powerful Christmas magic to convince our friends to just remind them about what Christmas is all about. I was thinking about that. I was wondering what if we set up some sort of area we could put them in the middle of where we all show them such Christmas love and spirit. We could fill it with decorations and Christmas carols and feed them Christmas candy and fill a single point with so much Christmas magic they won't be able to resist a second time. That is such a great idea. But we can't do it without not. Well, she was gonna go get some syrup, right? Where would you get that at? Presumably the food court. All right, let's go. And she gets off of the Krampuses and just books it as fast as she can in the direction she thinks the food court is before any of the Krampuses realize what's happening and try to jump off. Lucky's going to try and smell his way there, but don't even let me roll. His nose is the worst. He's terrible at sniffing things out, (laughs) but he always tries. (laughs) All right. So you guys start rushing off in the direction of the food court. Uh, You've got the map that Knot had used. And so you start rushing off that direction. And as you arrive, you see Knot putting the final touches on the charcuterie board that she grabbed from the uh, 
You know, it turns out that the store with the dinnerware is pretty close to where you eat food, so not too far from where you get that nice set of Christmas dinnerware for McKenna. There's also some charcuterie boards and whatnot there. So you've got this nice spread all set up for them by the time they arrive. And the six white boomers are hopping over with like little bits and pieces that they hand over to you. And you look up and you see your friends rushing towards you. Oh, you never guess what I found. Look, boomers <laughs> and a donkey. Okay, boomers. Yes, of course. I think I hear my dad use that word when he's really mad. <laughs> he's always angrily ranting about boomers. Okay. But yeah, you've got Shrampus and Himbo, the two elves. They look down at the charcuterie board and they're like, okay, this is some really good stuff. And they look and they see the six white boomers and they see Dominic the donkey and they see the sled that Misty has put together. And they turn towards all of you and they say... What if we take a little joyride and try and collect as much Christmas magic from around the town as we can? I'm going to go up to Shrampus, and I'm just going to... And just, like, going in circles around him as I'm like, That's the best idea I've ever heard. And just giving him some little kitty loves. Okay, okay, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not, but when you say joyride, I'm not the horse, am I? Oh no, we've got these guys, they bounce like crazy. Alright, I'm in. I'm getting tired of carrying all this weight. (laughs) So you all hook up the six white boomers and Dominic the donkey to the little sled that you've made out of these pillows. And Shrampus and Himbo say, all right, so we're going to collect as much Christmas magic as we can, and we'll bring it back here to the tree. And they point to this immensely tall Christmas tree in the very center of the Christmas wonderland. And they say, with as much Christmas joy and magic as we can gather from around this place and bring back to this location, I think that singularity will be enough. I just remembered something. This might not work if we don't have a complete set of presents. While you're taking that joyride, we'll need to go find that set of dice and bring them to the tree. Oh yes. Thanks, Lucky. Alright, so they start flying, well they start bouncing off, and they're carrying all of the Krampuses behind them. Oh, they took them off of Misty? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I feel so much lighter. Yeah, there's like a finally free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're taking the Krampuses for the joyride out about town. And as you guys all head back towards the geek store, as you're rushing along, each caught with your own thoughts, I like to kind of delve into the mind of each of these characters who initially were kind of reluctant to go on this mission, it seems. That there was, you know, some of us just want to play with letters, some of us were just wanting to go play fetch and whatnot. And I want to get a sense of how has maybe your heart been changed by Christmas throughout this experience? So let's start with Lucky. What has been going on in Lucky's heart this Christmas? I often only worried about whether my own parents would be home for Christmas, but after realizing that so many others out there have their own Christmases to experience, I'm excited that what we do can help them all hopefully have a whole and happy Christmas this year. Not. What have you been feeling this Christmas? I suppose I'm very grateful that I have friends that are willing to help me with just about anything and that we were able to uh, possibly relieve the work of just one person for this year and hopefully give Santa just maybe like a little bit of rest and reprieve and 
get some really good ideas of what I want for my Christmas presents. <laughs> and Misty, what have you been feeling this Christmas? You know, I'm like a little confused and even more shocked that I am not having a bad time and that I am actually endeared to other creatures. And I would say that my heart has been softened in a way that I don't think all males are complete nincompoops. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And you all make it to the geek store and you can see at the front the TTRPG section. And of course, there's a very large D&D section and you're going past and you see books for Fate Core and Fate Accelerated. You see Blades in the Dark. You see Monster of the Week. All of these great games. Avatar Legends. Watch out for our Avatar Legends campaign starting next year. (laughs) And you eventually make it to the back where all of the dice are. And there's all of these beautiful sets. Some of them swirled red and green. Some of them have like little ornaments suspended inside of the resin. Which one do you think you would like? All of them. He can never have enough. I'm pretty sure like it takes up half of the bed. You got it. And I want to jump onto one of the shelves and kind of get behind him and just start like walking along and just knocking all the dice off the shelf down onto the ground. Missy's going to drag the pillow to catch them all missing the dinnerware, trying to protect that dinnerware. All right. So you collect all of these dice and head back to the tree in the center just as the six white boomers and Dominic the donkey come back in with the Krampuses. And you can see that the sled that they've been carrying the Krampuses on is now glowing with bits of glitter and sparkles, just like this condensed essence of Christmas magic. And the six white boomers start to hop around the tree. And all of this Christmas magic begins to spiral up the boughs and the limbs along the strands of tinsel and lights until it reaches the star at the very top. And it shines like a bright beacon. And you all hear the sounds of jingle bells and chimes across the air. And all of the Krampuses who are not yet turned back into elves are looking up in wonder. And you can see those symbols on their foreheads burning as the Krampus struggles to try and keep his control over these elves. But the magic of Christmas that you have gathered together with your friendship, with the generosity of these gifts, with all of the wonderful things that these people saw out and about as families were experiencing the joy of spending time together with their loved ones, and of giving to people that they care about. You see one by one those symbols on their foreheads just like before pop like Christmas light bulbs as they all turn back into elves. The music continues to kind of play out for a little bit until it fades off into the distance as all of these elves just leap on the charcuterie board and start guzzling syrup straight from the jug. Ew. Um, is there, uh, letters to Santa Box nearby? Yes, there is a very large, like, one of those old-fashioned looking USPS mailboxes that's, like, domed on the top, but it's all painted up in red and green and silver and gold. I'm gonna go grab one of, like, the little papers that is sitting next to it for, like, kids to write letters to Santa on, and I'm going to lick my paw so, like, my entire paw is soaked and put my paw down. And then I'm going to drag Lucky over and lick his paw and put it down. And then I'm going to drag Misty over, lick her paw, and put it down so it kind of, you can see our separate paw prints kind of soaked through. And then I'm going to wrap it up and stick it in the box to send to be like, hey, Santa slash Strahd, 
um, we did it. Come get us, maybe? <laughs> yes, I'd really like to go home. We got the presents. I'm very tired and I want to cuddle my mom. Yeah, and as you slip the letter through the slot into the mailbox, you see a puff of sparkles and confetti as the letter itself kind of poofs away into the air. And you hear from one of the skylights above the sound of jingle bells and a sonorous <laughs> I start barking like <laughs> mad. What is this? What's going on? Like what like what was that noise? I, I'm running in circles looking all around. And from the far end of the Christmas lane you see flying through the air a tiny reindeer with one at the head with a sparkling nose. And Santa's sleigh pulls in next to you, and you see that Strahd is in the passenger seat with a little Santa hat on his head. <laughs> And he says, ah, you need a ride, it seems. Ah, good, you got my letter. Well, everybody, hop in. We still have some deliveries to do. We've been out and about. It's been a busy night. But for you who have done such great work for us, we can set aside a little time to bring you back to your homes. Worry not. By the way, Santa, we found your eight lost elves and some boomers (laughs) and a donkey. (laughs) And he leans down towards you and he says, That's exactly the kind of going above and beyond that I like to see. And he reaches into his pocket and pulls out an entire jar of peanut butter (gasps) and hands it over to you. Can you, like, open it for me, please? (laughs) He he unscrews the jar and he gives a little wink and says, Oh, this isn't table food. This is pantry food. (laughs) Oh, Missy, like, goes to town on that, jumps in, leaves the presents on the ground with the elves and boomers, and she's just (laughs) in the sleigh now. Lucky is sitting like a good boy, but kind of impatiently tapping his paws, looking from the peanut butter to Santa to the peanut butter to Santa and just licking his chops. (laughs) (laughs) And he grabs another jar of peanut butter for you. And for not, he pulls out a can of wet food because you cannot eat dry food. (laughs) Yum, salmon chunks. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the elves load the presents into the sleigh. And as you all are sitting back there with your treats, Santa pulls out his silvery whip and gives it a little crack. And the reindeer take off into the sky, flying up into the stars. And so, t'was the night before Christmas... And from state to state, our heroes return to their families who wait for the joy of these presents to enter their homes with the love of their furry ones as they... (laughs) Oh, rhymes. You got this. With the love of their furry ones who are better than gnomes because they are pets and they love them so much. And that's why they went out on this journey and such a wonderful time that they had... As a team, bringing Christmas back with a light in hearts that gleam. Oh. A wonderful story. (laughs) They found what they seek. And that's where we'll conclude our story this week. Nice. I am here for this. Beautiful. I especially loved the rhyming of such. (laughs) Yep. 
You know, it's not about the rhymes, it's about the meter, and it's about the flow. Yeah, and this is also, like, maybe, like, the second time that you've tried to do, like, a full rhyme on this podcast, like you did in uh, Dessert Dessert Island. Island. The way he jumped into it, Ned, I thought you had, like, something prepared. I almost thought I saw you looking at your monitor. I did, too. I did, too. And then you got through, like, your second or third line, and your eyes popped up to the side in, like, that classic human, like, thinking motion, and I was like, oh, (laughs) shoot, he's just, he's just making this up. <laughs> and that, my friends, is true improv. I know, the second you said Holmes, I was like, oh, he did not make this up before, or he would not have used Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the magic of self-sabotage. It was wonderful. It was perfect. <laughs> uh, well, thanks everybody for listening to Improv Tabletop, and we'll be back next month with more adventures in a brand new setting. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a sleigh full of critters with peanut butter and salmon chunks if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag setting or hashtag aspect. Let's do a round of plugs. As I was listening back through our first episode of this campaign, Evan made the comment about how I was dubious of the magic of Christmas when I was a child, but now I spend a lot of time playing in fantasy settings and whatnot. And I dismissed it at that moment, but I've given some thought to it. I've thought a lot about magic in general. And what I would like to plug is believing in magic, or perhaps more particularly, letting your life be magical. There are a lot of things in this world that we don't necessarily understand, that we demand answers for, and I think there's power in just kind of letting those be magical. You know, if you think of what magic is, do I expect to be able to shoot fire out of my hands? No, probably not. But there are things that work that I don't know how they work, but they still work. Like, if I'm having a really stressful day, I've been working really hard and I still have a lot to do, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling tired, I can listen to Claire de Lune by Claude Debussy, and after I listen to that song, I feel better. I don't know how it works, but it still does work, and I think that's kind of magical. So, believe in magic, everybody. Yeah. Oh, that just made my heart grow. That was so sweet. Amen. Oh, thank you. Heather, anything that you would like to plug? Well, as always, the sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, a D&D actual play podcast. Um, but just hearing Ned's plug, I want to plug Unity. Because I think at this time especially, people who don't have family or people to gather with feel, I don't know, maybe not the magic that Ned was talking about. And... I love when we're able to get together and invite people who you just want to spread love to. And whether they say yes or no, I think that it's the unity of caring for each other that really helps the magic of this time of year in these holidays. Whether it's Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, the other things we mentioned before. I just think it's good to love those around you and unite together. That it is. I think in many ways that is the core of the magic of Christmas. Evan, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, um, I'm glad you guys took the routes you did because I, I was wor- I was a little nervous, but I kind of just wanted, I don't know, I feel, I feel remiss each Christmas because it's very personal to me if I don't talk a little bit, even though, you know, we generally are jokey, it's a little heavier, but 
there are lots of statistics that show the holidays can be a really hard time for a lot of people, even though there's the stereotypes about them, you know, obviously being the happiest time of the year. Um, some of the statistics kind of disagree with that. And there's a lot of people out there who struggle at the holidays. Um, and I just wanted to let you all know that uh, if you, this holiday, feel like there's no one who loves you and you're listening to this podcast, that's not true because we all love you. Yeah. And we love you a lot. So much. We care about you and we're so grateful to you for listening to our podcast and supporting us and we support you. And if you're having a tough time this season, you're not alone. And there's a million different reasons to just hold on and stick with life and stick with it. I mean, I've been surprised sometimes in my darkest moments, the silliest sounding things just pull me through it. Literally, this is one of the most absurd things that's ever worked for me, but it it helps me. Think of someone you hate and don't let them outlive you because that would suck, okay? You do not want that to happen, all right? That legitimately works for me. Maybe I'm a hateful person, but I think of some people and I'm like, no, there's no way. I'm sticking around. I feel like you and I are on the same sides of TikTok on that one. Right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'm not gonna let this happen. That's silly, obviously, but we love you, we care about you, and there's a million reasons that you, man, just just try to, to find one that you can cling on to to pull you through this time of year you know what if you're having a particularly tough time and you don't want to call the hotline and you don't know what to do dm at federal farmers on twitter that's me hit me up and we can talk because i really love all of our listeners and i care about you guys and don't be afraid to take me up on that offer because i love you guys amen i will be taking you up on that the day after christmas do it and you know like we always say in our plugs we're all over social media instagram facebook tiktok we have our email address improvtabletop at gmail.com if you're feeling lonely at christmas and you want someone to talk to we'll be here for it absolutely we have lots of squishy pets too we can send you pictures of us we do we can send you all the pictures i have all the videos mckenna you got anything that you would like to plug i do um growing up one of my favorite things that we always did around thanksgiving and around christmas was helping at the local food kitchen homeless shelter, serving anybody that came in, serving them Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, or providing them with clothing or a toy for a child, or just even food on their table and just sharing your time. Because for me, my biggest love language is time. And I think that's one of the greatest ways you can show love for another person is giving your time and your attention to them and letting them know Know that they are worth your time um, and so if you guys have the opportunity go do that that's always been one of my favorite things um, and that's not even that's not even just like around Christmas holiday time that's all year round even if you do not have money to donate there are so many different ways that you can donate to help people in need and I think the world needs a lot more of that of people being willing to donate money but also donate time donate energy donate help so yeah, just love everybody and put out that effort and that kindness into the world and you'll get it back. And you can be part of the magic of Christmas. <laughs> Rock on. Well, thanks everybody for joining us here in the world of furry Christmas. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Heather Brower, not actually a sexist chauvinist. <laughs> I don't think men are all nincompoops. <laughs> <laughs>
Evan Peterson, I hope your 2022 is more like 2002 than the last three years. And McKenna Steele, happy holidays. We love you guys. Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Christmas freaking spirit, man.